to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, thank you, and I'm glad that you have taken time out of your day to download the podcast and to listen to us. We know there's so many other options that you have chosen us, and we are honored and blessed. You know, this is also the coming the time of the year where we're starting to think about uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and so on, a lot of holidays, and we're going to have a lot more busier schedule than normal uh, that we still need to take time out and listen to God and His Word, try to study as much as we can. I know I get lots of comments from listeners, uh, just like you, from all over, and get emails stating how they listen to this podcast while riding a bike or uh, on the bus, in the car, wherever, trying to uh, take in more about God and the positive comments of how we do our best to bring you the truth of God's Word without uh, denominational bias or anything. And so I'm thankful for those type of comments. I certainly hope that you can find a congregation, a group of Christians, that uh, are not bound by any type of denomination, but just bound by the Word of God and study that for truth and life. Today we're going to talk about humbling yourself as a child. Humbling yourself as a child. And if you would read with me, Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. Matthew chapter 18, verse 4 says, Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. How many? Being humble. uh, (laughs) I often wonder, uh, do we really understand what that really means? So, I'm going to talk about this today, so grab a Bible and follow along and take notes. I know some people say they pause it and back it up and listen again, and I think that's great. I uh, do the same thing. I listen to uh, the the Bible, and I'll stop it and back it up. But we hear a lot about humility, and we know that it's one of those things that we talk about in the past on the podcast within the life of the Christian Humility is one of the greatest virtues, I think. And, and sometimes we really need to s- sit with ourselves and ask the question, what do we know about humility? Actually, sometimes I think we have a sense of what humility is, but in practice we live out our lives. That's really not so clear. We know that we should be humble, but sometimes instead we're actually Uh, trying to obtain it, we focus more on the saying things than appearing. We, uh, a person that's truly humble, would, uh, if you would ask them, are you humble? If you would ask somebody that, the odds are they're truly humble, they would say no. Because once you admit that you're humble, maybe you've lost a little bit of your humility. And so, I guess, in instance, the kind of a core idea of what humility is is to see ourselves as we actually are. And this is what humility is really not just about speaking poorly about it ourselves 
It's not always about wanting to act as though we are less than others. Humility is the true instance of humility, to see ourselves as we actually are as a person. Or do we see ourselves higher than we actually are? Then we have pride, and we need to be careful not to get puffed up. Uh, there's, uh, you know, the Bible, I think, warns uh, about being uh, puffed up. Uh, the book of Corinthians, or Paul would write a letter to that, that group of people, and he would talk about trying to be humble. Uh, I think this is part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, to work on humility. Uh, perhaps it comes uh, a little easier the older that we get. Uh, but I also see in the culture in which I live, in the Western world, uh, you know, the one with the most toys wins the game. You know, I don't know if that's really being uh, humble, per se. And so we need to be careful as that. We should not look at ourselves lower than uh, what we really are either. Uh, we, we need to instead be seeing ourselves uh, in truth of who we are and not who we are not. We need to see us in the way that God sees us. We see ourselves as being completely unworthy of love, completely unworthy of anything good, and we actually have fallen to the idea of low self-esteem because our view of ourselves also is incorrect. We, we are trying to attain a view of ourselves that matches how God sees us. This is the correct view of ourselves. And this is what it means to be humble. When we see ourselves and when I would say uh, we see ourselves actually, uh, it's not always easy for us to, to do this. We can be deceived because we compare ourselves with other people. Uh, we, we look at the standard, uh, well, God would never send me to hell because... And we're starting to use our own standard, our own views uh, of other people as well in order to see ourselves accurately. We have to compare ourselves to God only and, and to compare ourselves to the standard that God has placed for us through the scriptures uh, for us to walk uh, and talk and how we ought to be and how he wants us to live. Because... If we compare ourselves to uh, the Word of God, we will find that we fall very short uh, of His glory. Uh, in the Word of God, we will, again, we just fall very short where God really wants us to be. He wants us to be uh, able to accurately get the picture of who God is, how He wants us to live, and how God sees us, and and how, again, basically how we should be living. We go around all the time, uh, and I've seen this in, in congregations saying, well, we are sinners, we are sinners, Lord have mercy, we are sinners. Do, do we really believe that we are sinners or, or not? I, I know we say lots of things, but do we really understand our sinful nature? And so we, we need to see and, and be this humble person that really is not disturbed when we 
when we look at others and, and talk to other people uh, lacking uh, what humble person might be. Uh, the humble person takes comfort, I think, in the idea that we are basically we're insufficient, but we also believe that God covers our insufficiency. God covers the lack of a difference between a person who is humble and a person who has perhaps a low self-esteem. A, a person with a low self-esteem feels like uh, they are lacking many things, and for that reason, um, I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm not worthy enough, and so on. Whereas a person who is humble, yes, also believes they are, are lacking uh, because they believe that we should be living a, to a, a higher standard, for lack of better words, I guess, here. We, we should be serving more, uh, perhaps giving more time to God. Perhaps we need to uh, help the elderly around us. You know, I, I see one gentleman at work. I call him a gentleman because he, he acts like one. He's a very young man. He's in his extreme early 20s. But yet he takes care of his grandmother. He takes time to help his grandmother. Should he be doing this? Of course. And I say this because I see so many young people in the church who will not take care of their parents or grandparents. They're so preoccupied with the things that they have and want in their life. Perhaps we should be loving our enemies and, and praying for them and doing all these things that we're lacking uh, when we examine ourselves. Uh, we become troubled when we find out this doesn't uh, result in low self-esteem because we believe that God covers our deficiencies. The humble person knows uh, that they are weak and so that they really rely on the strength of God. I think you can see this through all the prophets uh, and people who really in the truth and the church you see this idea. The humble people know uh, that they are, are ignorant, but they trust in the wisdom uh, of God. They lack uh, complete knowledge. Like Solomon, uh, they ask for the wisdom uh, of God on how to lead their lives. I think uh, James if you would read his epistle, you could read it in 20 minutes, but you will come across, uh, we, we don't have these things because we don't ask God for these things. We ask God perhaps for all the wrong things. We, we, we want uh, fame and fortune and uh, life on easy street. And those things would be nice. I would thoroughly enjoy that probably. It would free me up to do more mission work. I would, that's what I would do. What would you do with your free time? But we, we need to see that uh, we're just going to have struggles, and we need to be doing more for the church people around us, those who uh, are true followers of Christ. The wisdom of God, I think, really humbles a person. Uh, they know that they're sinners, but they also trust in the forgiveness of God. So that in, in every way that we are deficient, we are uh, sustained by 
the love and grace of God. And I think this is difference between a, a humble person and a person uh, perhaps that really just hates themselves. Uh, and, and they hate that they should never hate themselves. You see the, the vicious circle that I'm, I'm kind of getting into here. We should never get to the point where we despise who uh, we are. And that doesn't recognize the failures. It doesn't mean that we don't recognize the deficiencies. Uh, and so, we, we Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by the power, but by my spirit says, The Lord of hosts, rightfully so is trusting in the Word of God. We're not trusting in anything of ourselves. I mean, Jeremiah would say, the heart is so deceitful, who can trust it? Okay? Uh, but we're trusting uh, in God. Paul the Apostle, when he speaks uh, to, again to the church in Corinth, he refers to us as a, a treasure of earthland vessels. And, and this is a good way to try to understand ourselves and how God sees us. And he says, it's, it's for God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown us in our hearts to, to give the light of, of Christ to others, to, to, that gives us the light of, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. We have this treasure and this earthland vessel that, that would be our, our body, this excellence of power, maybe of God and not of us. Uh, this earthland vessel is like a clay pot. Imagine if you had a pot which was not very attractive. and It's made of the earth. And, and you look at it and it seems kind of old and you know it's not very nice to look at when company comes over. But what's inside is a treasure, and what's inside of it is the treasure that you like in this in this picture. You've got perhaps keepsakes from from family, mom and dad, in this little uh, little earthland vessel. But we, our bodies, uh, had this idea that God has created us. We are Adam was formed uh, out of the dust of the earth. I, when I read Genesis. In the creation account of Adam, especially, uh, God calls in everything into existence just by his commanding it. But when he makes Adam, I get the idea that God actually kind of got muddy. He got dirty. Uh, he actually got into uh, that type of thing when he made us. And so this, this pot that we call or this vessel that Paul is referring to is our body God created that. What's inside that vessel? What, what do we have inside that vessel? What has God placed inside that vessel, right? Is, is God put gold in there? Has he put uh, suffering in there? What, what is in that pot that we should be seeing ourselves in a way that we can obtain being humble and seeing uh, that humility that we're seeing inside this earthland vessel that God has made. Dust, uh, you know, really we're not worthy. We are, we're not glorious. Uh, we're not um, 
made of anything that we need to be proud of, other than we were made in the image of God. And that should really make us want to rejoice and be thankful for what has been glorified in, in us, inside of us. Not the vessel itself, because though uh, the vessel is a work of God and the Holy Spirit that's in us, in us is the right treasure and the right presence that needs to be. This treasure that, that God would uh, allow himself to, to dwell in us, to actually take on the flesh itself in his incarnation. That this vessel that actually is lacking so many things because of sin suddenly has the spirit within it. If you take something like this pot, this treasure, you probably don't care that the pot is the best treasure looking in the world because of the treasure that is valuable in the eyes of God. They're very valuable things that God has placed in us. The Spirit of God, His Word, how we uh, have things in our, in our walk. And we don't boast about what we have because we can't brag about anything that we have done. I, I know a, a preacher for every day when we've had this discussion when he would say, well, I saved this person. Uh, I baptized that person. I had this prayer with that person. Uh, you might have baptized them. You might have immersed them. Yeah, and you might have prayed with them and studied the Bible with them. But at the end of the day, God saved that person. That vessel and that treasure that's in that vessel is all about God and his glory. It is impossible without God because a person who doesn't believe in God and doesn't look at the things in a godly or spiritual way, when they look at themselves, they, they are just like the earthland vessel. And, you know, what do they compare themselves to? How do they know their value that they compare themselves to other people? That's exactly what they do. I start comparing myself to people around me uh, that uh, that's just really not a good thing. I want God in my life. I want Jesus to be in this earthly vessel. I want the Spirit. Uh, and I want uh, that people would also desire this. In actual uh, humility without God, in Second Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says, For we dare not classify ourselves or compare ourselves to those who, who are condemned themselves by the measuring of themselves. This is just not wise to do. Why would we, who claim to be Christian, claiming to have the Spirit of God within us, why would we compare ourselves to the world? Why are we not looking into the Word of God and seeing how God sees us and how God is comparing us to the expectation that he has as Christians, as the followers of Christ. It's the wrong standard. The right standard is to compare ourselves again with God in his word. And when people do this, then 
you begin to see, well, I'm here's an example. Somebody says, well, I'm not like that person. I don't have that. Again, you're comparing yourself. I'm not a murderer. I don't lie. I don't curse. I, I Again, I don't do these things like other people do. So I feel good about my state, uh, and I'm comparing myself, again, to a person standard, not a godly standard. People that think they're better say, oh, well, I'm pretty good, you know, and I don't see myself as a sinner and someone who needs salvation or the forgiveness of God. And what that person is saying is they are not godly. They are not following that perfect standard in which God has laid out for us in his word. We need to conclude that we are only righteous, made right with God. Uh, we are saved by God, not by any earthly standard at all. The earthly, the worldly standard uh, is always corrupt, always has been and always will be in my lifetime, and as well as yours. Uh, we need to have this realistic view of myself as I am. So, again, what are some signs of humility? Well, we can talk about the characteristics of a, a humble person. First, a humble person does not quarrel. They don't get in fights and arguments. They, they don't consider uh, their own opinions or desires being so valuable that they have to get in a conflict with somebody else. And maybe your opinion and maybe your expressions of that opinion uh, can be rejected uh, right out fighting or arguing or complaining with other people. But the Lord himself in, in Matthew chapter 12 will not quarrel, cry with anyone. He simply teaches the gospel message. Now, is that to say that Jesus never got in a fight with somebody? No, not, not necessarily a physical one, but a verbal confrontation. But they always brought that to him. They, uh, Jesus did not go out looking for it uh, while other people went looking and had uh, Jesus in their sights. They were trying to figure out how uh, to do away with Jesus. You know, we need to understand that God has every answer and he's always right. He's never been wrong, and everything that he says, again, is true. And people who are coming to quarrel with him and argue against him are the people who are wrong. And the people who are blind, uh, they do not see uh, that the Lord is dealing, I guess, with people who are, are blind and do not see his word, but reject his word and his gospel message. They offer here that, again, this quarreling idea, Jesus really is not forcing anybody. I think a person who is humble uh, does not force their, their ideas uh, or their ways on other people. Uh, Jesus uh, wants everybody to follow him freely. There is no forced obedience there's no forced love uh, you want to love 
Jesus, and you want to uh, honor him and obey him and trust him. And anyone who would come to Jesus and accept Jesus and believe what he is saying uh, would certainly humble themselves at Jesus' feet and ask for forgiveness and, and repent of their uh, sins to gain salvation. Are you willing to accept it or are you going to reject it? Uh, rejecting Christ. And the people who rejected Jesus, I, I, I don't know that Jesus, I don't really picture Jesus with this get even attitude and uh, now you brought a fight type thing, uh, Jesus was willing to finish it. But not in, not in a violent type way. He used the word of God. Have you not read? What do you not understand about the word of God? Uh, he didn't go run them down later and try to argue with them and, and, and make his point. Once they walked away from him, he moved on. Because there's other people who truly want to believe and hear the word of God. And this is something else that we need to understand. Perhaps we just need to wait for God to soften that heart. A sign of humility, someone uh, who doesn't quarrel and, and get themselves in constant conflict. There are some people that's all they want to do. They always want to fight on a daily basis. Uh, they're looking to, to get in some kind of an argument with somebody, push their views on other people, their own opinions, and they're just simply not going to allow any other person's view, thoughts, or opinions. Uh, this is not being very humble. Someone who doesn't complain uh, constantly, grumble constantly, uh, they're willing to accept what God allows in life. And whatever God brings into my life, I'm not fighting against Him. Uh, you could call this almost like uh, quarreling with God and I'm trying very hard in my world not to, to quarrel with God and complain uh, about God, against God at all. And, you know, I see this within congregations that I've been in. Everything that goes wrong in their world, uh, they blame God. Uh, so, and believe me, I've, I've had some very hard times, even recently, trying to overcome and I don't blame God. It's, it's just the world that I live in. But, you know, uh, I think Paul would say that he would do all things without complaining or disputing uh, with God. And becoming like this blameless, harmless child of God. The humble person realizes because they can see themselves rightly and, and accurately when they look at themselves in the mirror and that mirror being the Bible. I don't know um, what's right. I don't know what's wrong with the decisions I need to make in my life. I don't know. Maybe I have opinions, uh, but if God chooses otherwise, if God does not grant me my desire, then I'm not going to complain or grumble against him. You know, so many type of ideas here when I think about these type of thoughts is, we say something one time, and then the next day we say something else. And God 
always grants me uh, what I need. When I say use the word desire, I'm not talking about lustful, sinful things. I'm talking about desire to be able to have shelter, food, and clothing, and a job, and so forth, medications that I might need. But I'm not going to complain or grumble against God because I can completely accept the idea that um, I, I'm I'm just a, a sheep, you know, uh, and there is a shepherd, and my shepherd will always lead me to green pastures and and the where I need to be. I'm going to follow that shepherd again wherever he leads without arguing, because he he can see things perhaps that I can't. He he's got a vantage point that I don't. This idea of being humble that we we need to be like children which is what God is really trying to say, that we need to, to enter the kingdom of God. We simply follow whatever God wants. Yes, maybe when we have disappointments, when uh, things don't go the way we wish they would have gone, but this is not a result in us being rebellious or angry or, or blaming God are going away from God or are fighting against God, quarreling with God. The humble person simply is just going to accept whatever God says, where God leads them. Uh, the humble person does not feel fear because the humble person, again, is trusting completely in the strength of God Almighty. Uh, humility, being humble, this person would recognize their own weaknesses, but also recognize that God's strength covers all of our weaknesses. So in the end, we are not weak. We are strong in him. Uh, we are wise in him. We are powerful in him, not in, in ourselves. A, a person who is humble is willing to receive the strength from God. He's not afraid of anything because they know God is protecting them. Again, the shepherd protects his sheep. He's willing to lay his life down completely. So if a wolf comes into my life, uh, the, I know there, that's a wolf. Uh, and I also know that the shepherd is going to fight against this wolf when a wolf comes at a, at a sheep or a lamb, that lamb is pretty much defenseless. But with the shepherd around, now there's protection. Much more protection than I could ever do on my own. Uh, there, there's no battle that I really need uh, to get into here. The battle is uh, for the shepherd to do. He's the one that's leading me throughout my life. And the wolf in our life could be many different things, but there's no way a sheep could ever defend itself against a wolf. I mean, a predator, something that an animal, but in this case, sin, uh, temptation that comes into our, our life. By myself, I can't defeat it. But with Christ as my shepherd, I don't have to worry about those if I allow the shepherd to do his job. 
a humble person, is, again, is willing to yield and listen and not wanting to interject always their opinion about everything. Uh, they want their voice heard all the time. I meet people like that all the time. Does it mean that if you hear uh, this other person, you're listening and not injecting? If you hear ungodly things being said, I think you should say something and say, hey, uh, the Bible teaches something completely different. God's Word says something different. Uh, a humble person is flexible. They, they're willing to work around things and, and help people. And so there's so many views of being humble. And I believe here, if you would turn with me to uh, the book of Exodus, Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12, starting in verse 3, says, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Verse 4, And once the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, Come out of the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud, and he stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid to speak to the servant Moses? So again, here we have the Bible showing that Moses is the most humblest person, uh, whether that's forever uh, compared to any other person, or it's just in his lifetime. But look at Moses. Moses uh, was a prince of Egypt. Most people that would be in those types of positions, I don't know that they would really be humble. They, they're full of their power and pride, and uh, they are the standard type thing. They, they don't care what other people might say. They don't care what God might say type of idea. And so being humble is a very important trait of, of a Christian. And we need the truth of God, the wisdom of God to direct us to this. A humble person listens and says, no, actually, uh, maybe other people have better opinions than I have. Uh, they always yield to the Word of God. And so, something that uh, experts always say is, I listen, I listen, and I allow other people to have uh, the preference over me. The humble person submits, again, to the will of God and the meaning of that. They're not pr too proud uh, of what they have the answers, they know it's best for them, and they know where God stands for them and with them. This idea, again, about a shepherd. If I were to ask you a question about what direction uh, you want to go in your life, what kind of answers would I get? What, what, what would be on the list uh, with your job, uh, the place that you live, everything I want, 
right now, but likely uh, I think such a list, we might find things that simply are not going to happen. There's going to be disappointments on that list. And so a humble person says, you know what, that's okay that those things didn't happen because those things were not the good thing that God really wanted me to have. And again, going back to trusting and following and believing and and that shepherd, that shepherd Jesus. So he's not going to lead me down a path that's going to get me killed uh, spiritually or physically type thing. He's going to lead me uh, to green pastures. He's going to give rest to our souls. And so many people in our, our world and within the Christian realm uh, claiming to be Christian, they, uh, they'll just simply tell you you can have your best life now, there can be peace now. And God can grant those things. That it, I'm not denying that. Well, my question to all of this is, one, I want my best life for all eternity. But if this is true in what they say, then what about Paul? What about you know being beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead? Uh, so many of the apostles losing their life as being martyrs. Again, not buying that. And so, uh, being humble is not being uh, artificial. You're being r- real. Uh, you had this uh, way of recognizing the simplicity of truth of the gospel message. And you see a person for who they really are. Uh, does it have this idea uh, of being a humble? How many times have you been in meetings uh, at work or whatever, church? And they always, somebody always just wants the floor, always. And they're not the preacher, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they just have to be the center of focus. And I'm not saying preachers are not humble, uh, because I see a lot of preachers who are. But what are, what are the roles that God has placed us with? Um, what about receiving praise? You know, we all like to be have our egos stroked, I guess, for lack of better terms. Uh it's okay. I always, when I have compliments uh, with through my employer, my supervisors, coworkers, whatever, and they they compliment me, I I look at that as God's working in my life. God has allowed that compliment to to come back to me and make the point that He is working in my life. Uh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. He's given me the knowledge, the energy, the strength, and the abilities or whatever to work that certain job uh, for that compliment or praise to come. And so I think God deserves all the glory. God deserves all the credit in, in my life. And so we need to allow God to have that, that uh, back to him type idea. Again, humility is not, you're not denying anything that you've done, but you're allowing uh, God to have that. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2 says, 
For my hand has made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to the one I look, to him who is humble and contrite as spirit, who trembles at my word. How many people in the church today claiming to be Christians tremble at the word of God? We see God as our barroom buddy. We see God as my, my ultimate best friend. We see God as the indulgent grandfather. I could probably go on and on with descriptions that I've heard over the years. Why should I be afraid of God? Well, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Anybody who has studied Proverbs would recognize this is out of Proverbs. And we need to have a reverence and respect for God in who he is and his words and his, his, him as our creator, excuse me. We need to have a humble, um, contrite heart. You know, there's an old song that we used to sing years ago, uh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. We need to do that. Why? Because he will lift us up. He will guide us and protect us. He will lead us. He is our shepherd. Yes, he's our king. He is our God. He is our creator who we are made in his image. And despite uh, the tarnished that's on this image because of my sinful life, he wants to take that off. He wants to clean it. And he has. And he can. Through the blood of Christ. Through, this, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The more you read and study the Bible the more you will understand who you and I really are and how God uh, has redeemed us and cleansed us and, and taken this old vessel and polished it up and make, and make it more and more the way he wants it to look. We need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Being humble is, is um, something that uh, we all need to strive at. When we look to God for answers, God will always somehow give us those answers. You know, I've kind of learned sometimes those answers come from strange times and moments. And we may not get the answer that moment. It might be days, years hours you know it's but God always somehow brings an answer and we need to be able to have this cooperation with God that we don't resist him we we allow God to set the path and let us walk on it we need to humble ourselves and be willing again to take the advice from godly people not worldly people but godly people. We need to take this, become like children that are not puffed up. Uh, and when they, a child that God loves corrects, we don't complain about it. We, we accept that. We, okay, he loves us. He's trying to keep us safe. I, I don't believe for a moment that God 
punishes us uh, without a reason. And he wants us to grow. A father, a good father, would punish his children when they, when they do wrong. He doesn't want them to do wrong. He wants uh, them to be a good student, wants them to have and be able to maintain good jobs, to raise their families, to have children of their own someday, and raise them in a good moral standard with God's Word as the guide. We need to say, God, all these things uh, that you're keeping from me, no, they're not. He's trying to keep us from getting hurt. He wants us to be in the right relationships with each other and, of course, with him. And so get rid of those bad habits. Commit your life uh, and your ways to Christ, studying his word, finding a congregation that teaches the complete word of God. It's not just stuck on their denominational soapbox, as I would call it, but they're stuck on the word of God. The complete word of God. Saying, pray about it. I would do everything I can to help you find uh, that group. Uh, I would do my best to do that. I tell you, maybe, and point you where you can find it on your own. But I am always have these cautions about us when I hear preachers, elders, whoever, make statements like I said earlier. Uh, I saved that person. I saved this group of kids at Bible school or camp. Or No, you didn't save nobody. God did. God used you as a vessel, as a tool of what's inside of you, the Word of God, to teach people. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, that's what I'm doing with the podcast. We are to go out and teach the good news. We have this great commission that we need to be spreading the word of God. I certainly hope that you will uh, give that like button a hit, that you will follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, go back and listen to previous podcasts I get a lot of that. I notice a lot of people who are doing that now. Um, it's always happened, I guess, but more recently, a lot of older podcasts are being played, and I think simply uh, people are seeking out the truth of God's Word, how to live a Christian life, and this is so hard uh, to do on your own, but I, if you're seeking God out, praying, He will help you and He will lead you. I have talked uh, longer in the last couple of podcasts than I probably ever have. I certainly hope that uh, everybody has uh, followed me clear to the end. I certainly appreciate uh, your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, as I've been dealing with some serious uh, asthma-type issues, and uh, without those prayers and support, I would not be able to bring this podcast. And so thank you so much for praying and thank you lord for hearing those prayers make sure you tune in again next week lord willing we will have another podcast uh, for you to study and listen on and may god bless you and may he always have the glory thank you for listening to this week's podcast 
be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.